0: How's everybody doing? Hope everyone is having a wonderful week thus far. You are tuned in to my Mike and I podcast. I am your host, Noah Alvarez. Now, some of you may know this podcast is available on Spotify, on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, excuse me, and SoundCloud. For the sports fans out there, I know we haven't had a sports episode or a sports-themed episode in a while, but just to catch you up on some of the major sports, because May is a pretty busy sports month. In the NHL playoffs, you have the St. Louis Blues and the Boston Bruins meeting up in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Blues knocked out my San Jose Sharks. It was unfortunate for the Sharks, but uh, too many injuries at the wrong time. You got Joe Pavelski and Eric Honslin that weren't even able to go in Game 6 and a winner-go-home game six against the St. Louis Blues. So they get knocked out. And they the Blues advance to the Stanley Cup Finals where they will face the Boston Bruins. Should be an interesting series if you like hockey. Also, going on in the month of May, you have the NBA playoffs. And the NBA finals are right around the corner. The Golden State Warriors swept the Portland Trailblazers in the Western Conference Finals. Four to nothing in a very, very interesting and very fun series even though it was a sweep it was still a fun series to watch the Warriors advanced to their fifth straight finals a true dynasty probably one of the greatest teams we'll ever see in NBA history I know a lot of us like to hate on them and clown them now say they ruined the NBA but in five ten fifteen years when Steve Kerr Steph Curry and all those guys who make the Warriors run and go when they're gone we're gonna talk about this team as one of the greatest ever and on the Eastern side of things, you have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors. At the time of this recording, they're tied 2-2 two two in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard led the Raptors to an important game for a victory, so now they're even the series back up. I think of the two teams, Milwaukee probably gives the Warriors the best chance because they have more depth. And for the Raptors, you know, outside of Kawhi Leonard, you know, Pasiakop disappears on the road. Still pretty young. Kyle Lowry disappears in the postseason in general, so I think Milwaukee gives Golden State a better run for the money. Even though they're a fairly young team too, but with the talent and the length around Giannis and the three-point shooting they got, uh, I think they're a team that can go toe-to-toe with the Warriors um, in the NBA Finals and provide the best competition. Enough about the uh, current sports right now. To recap the last few episodes, we dropped an Endgame recap. If you haven't seen Avengers Endgame yet, definitely recommend you guys go check that out. Huge movie. Huge, highly anticipated movie and so Alex, Knife, and I, we recap the movie, we talked about some of the, the sad parts, the fun parts, and what's going to happen next for the Marvel Comics Universe. And on the most recent episode, I had Moran Johnson former basketball player at Sac State who's now playing overseas or who played last season overseas in the country of Cyprus we talk about her journey to and from Sac State to the pros you know she's a former walk-on so it's a pretty pretty inspiring story from you know walk-on to now playing professionally overseas and we talk about what's next for her and her journey now, for those of you who don't know, this podcast is based out of Orange County, and I love seeing people prosper and make it out of Orange County, specifically the more underserving parts, because Orange County has a lot of diamonds in the rough, a lot of hidden talent out there, especially in some of the inner cities, like the Santa Anas, the Anaheims, the Fullerton, etc., cetera, et cetera. And this, this next person that's on this week's show, he goes by the name of Wim. He's a young hip-hop artist in the industry. I went to high school with Wim. And we played football together. We had a lot of mutual friends. Someone I've been following since his earliest part, of, earlier parts of his career. I've, I've seen him perform a few times too. But nonetheless, he's on this week's show. And just to kind of introduce you guys to the type of music, because hip-hop is such a broad 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 genre and there's a lot of subgenres that developed over the past few I don't know decades or so so hip-hop doesn't all sound the same so just to kind of give you guys a preview of his music I'm gonna play a snippet of three different songs now first up on the snippets we're gonna play one of his more recent tracks it was dropped last year last summer in 2018 and it kind of has that summer vibes it's titled sunboy and here's a snippet of that song
1: once you see that Nina, better run, boy. Yeah. Hop your age, but you looking like my son, boy. Cali, nigga, I'm just chilling in the sun, boy. Yeah. Lately see me running with the plug, boy. plugs, boy. Once you see that Nina, better run, boy. Pop yeah. your age, but you looking like my son, boy. Cali, nigga, I'm just chilling in the sun, boy. Yeah. Pull up on me, dog, you really tryna play. Smoke, fuck a cop, I can blow it in your face. This nigga Cali, it's a heaven in a grave. Never know if you bout to catch a tan or a face.
0: This next track I'm gonna play for you is titled "Death Wish," and some of Wim's music he does get pretty personal. He opens up and he really shows vulnerability, something that you see from the late Mac Miller, the late X, and sometimes you see from a lot of different artists here and there that kind of are willing to share their personal feelings and and it's kind of relatable because a lot of these people are going, a lot of people are going through the same struggles. So this next song that I'm gonna play a snippet from you is titled "Death Wish" by Wim. <laughs>
1: Got a bunch of exes, a couple bitch niggas, I'm a fucking sexist Trying to make a living off the luck I'm left with I'm going crazy, I can fucking sense it I'm about to end it, 9 to 5, try to pay attention But after paying rent, there ain't much I'm left with No one told me freedom would be this expensive No one told me freedom would be this expensive I've been finessing I've been rejected But I bounce back like a bad check and turn it into leverage Three years later, still hope to God, he ignores my death wish But I sent God a quick friend request, that still says requested. Left on red, left on red, thinking maybe that's a
0: good day. And finally, if you really wanna go all the way back to two thousand fourteen, I mean this is some of his some of his earliest tracks, but some of the stuff that I really enjoyed. It's also this new, next song titled Everything Is Alright. It's produced by Generic Sports, the guy who produces the instrumentals in the background for for my podcast and the uh, intros and the outros. Um, this is one of his earlier stuff for, produced back in 2014 so if you want to check out some of his earlier tracks this is kind of what a lot of them back then sounded like here's everything all right by Wim Lately I've been smoking a lot more maybe because
1: everything's a lot more peaceful on the top floor no barcodes no dumbfucks no smartphones just me myself and I inside my mind and everything is all right, it's all right. everything is all right, it's all right. It's all right. No conscience. Music's the only thing I listen to. I don't got no time for is it me or is it you. No longer guilty about the little things you wish I'd do. Cause different views are different views, so everything is alright. On the bright side, my like me, they keep getting views. And I ain't even paid for them likes. <laughs> just booked a show I used to not be able to get into. it's gonna be one hell of a night, and everything is alright.
0: Right. Now that you guys have an idea of what Wim's music sounds like, just to preview the episode as quickly as I can. Wim and I, we chat about his earliest upbringing in the industry, what inspired him to pick up the pen and pick up a mic and start recording and become a hip-hop artist. We talk about his discography and the theme of each mixtape and how he's grown from one to the next. We also talk about his most recent group or his most recent project with Orange Collective and what that all stands for and what that's about. We also talk about His inspirations, his top five favorite artists of all time. Not what he thinks is the best, but his top five favorite artists, so very important to keep that in mind. We also talk about the diss tracks that he's had in the past. We talk about how he gets ready for performances, um, where he's performed, some of his favorite venues, some of his favorite tour memories. After all that, we do play a fun word association game, the same game that I played with Moran Johnson, but obviously it's tailored a little differently to Whim. And then after that, we also talk about marijuana. Sometimes the negative stigma that it gets but how he partakes in marijuana use and what it's good for what it does for him in a positive light we also talk about some of the negative effects and stuff like that too but nonetheless hope you guys enjoy the conversation it's, it's a fun healthy conversation you know in an industry where hip-hop you know very it sounds very commercialized right now you have a lot of mumble rap you have a lot of trap beats and stuff like that and if you're looking for a new artist that sounds very different has a unique sound to himself I think Wim is going to be that guy. I hope you guys like the conversation. It inspires you to go check out his music that I said, you know, is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, obviously. And he plugs a lot of his stuff at the end of the podcast episode as well. So be sure to check that out. Again, I'm Noah Alvarez, your host to my Mike and I podcast. Hope you enjoy the latest conversation I have with the rapper Wim. All right, well, first things first, thank you again, Wim, for hopping on the show. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me. So the first question I wanted to ask you, at what age did you realize a rap career was something you wanted to pursue?
2: The career part of it came kind of after like the love part of it. I just realized that I could write when I was like 14 in in school when it came to writing essays. Um, I just realized that the English language just came so easy to me, and I think it kind of came from my mom being so like grammatically correct and same with my, my grandmother, she always used to correct me. She'd be like, oh, how you doing today? And I'll be like, I'm good. She's like, no, you're not good, you're well. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. So I got that one grained into my head. Yeah. And then aside from that, like just writing essays just came so easily to me and I just feel like I've always had a way with my words, especially when it came to, you know, writing it down. But from there, I started writing music when I was about 15. My brother gave me a mic at 15 started recording it and then he kind of sculpted me into you know a songwriter with writing hooks and all of that and once I was like 16 and like 17 I started doing like actual shows and from there I just fell in love with with the whole thing rather than just writing and I I loved you know performing it and expressing it in many different ways so Mm -hmm. the career part of it kind of happened after high school because football took up so much of my time you know about how that goes (laughs) Um, six days a week um but it was probably my senior year, second semester is when I realized like this is what I want to do because sports isn't necessarily it, even though I loved it. But music uh, kind of took over my, my entire soul when I was probably about 18. And then I started doing bigger shows and making mm-hmm. better music and getting more fans and more traction. So like I said, the love started about 14, but the career of it aspect started of it around like, I'd say like 18 or so.
0: Mm mm-hmm. And us as humans, we kind of do this thing where we have a lot of belief in ourselves. Obviously, you you do because you wouldn't be doing this. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have the utmost belief in yourself and mm-hmm. your abilities. When did you kind of hear that? When was, did that change for you when you started hearing other people, whether it was your family, your friends, or people in the industry mm-hmm. telling that you like, hey, wow, you have a, really, you have a talent for this, mm-hmm. or they like your stuff. When did that kind of like words of affirmation from other people start coming in?
2: Well, it actually... The first time that actually started was I think I was I think it was I think it was senior year. Also, I actually did a, a diss track on somebody at El Medina. I don't know if you heard that, but <laughs> yeah, a remember. lot of people at El Medina heard that. Um, but it was kind of at that point because I had a lot of people like at my neck for that. Mm-hmm. But I also had a lot of people like giving me props for that too, even from their school. So it, that was like the first like stamp for me that was kind of just like. Like, damn, like, I actually can rap. And, like, I posted something on Facebook and then like, it blew up, and like a bunch of people shared it, and a bunch of people I didn't even know were telling me it was dope. So, oh. I always expect, you know, my friends to, to hype me up and my family to hype me up and all that. But I expect, you know, brutal honesty from people that don't really know me. And that's kind of where I got like that affirmation from it mm-hmm. was just that moment. And then when it came to performing, I remember I did a show at Mirror Image Studios, and I opened for Fora, Mm -hmm. and there was like a lot of crazy fans there. And I did my set, and that was the first time I had people like coming up to me for autographs. Wow! I think I was like, I think I was like 18 or 19 Mm -hmm. at that point, and I was like, dang, like I can, I I knew I could perform, (laughs) but I didn't, I didn't know that it was that contagious. So that was kind of the moment those were like the two defining moments one was dropping the song and then the other one was the performance and people asking me for autographs and pictures and, and all that so
0: there you go yeah bro it was cool that must have been really nice to it get was, you know see was. your music and your performance resonate with other people
2: most definitely
0: so recording you know whether it's your a microphone in the studio or in a room is one thing but how was it to actually perform your songs in front of a studio audience, not a studio audience, a live audience for the first time. How was like some of your first shows?
2: Uh it was uh, nerve wracking. It was so nerve wracking because I don't know, I don't know when I got over it, mm-hmm. but um, I remember the first show I was like, I just can't mess up my lyrics. Like I don't care about anything else. I just don't want to like flop. And it went perfect. Everything went perfect. Like, I don't know how I memorized my music so quick, <laughs> Maybe just because I love it so much, but I just remember, I would always remember, like, how long it would take me to, to memorize, like, a speech in school, mm-hmm. and it's because my heart wasn't in it. So right. when I realized that, you know, if your heart's in it, then everything's going to be fine if you just believe in yourself. So it was nerve-wracking. I remember stepping up there, then, like, the beat started, and I was like, okay, here we go, here we go. <laughs> And my heart was going a thousand miles an hour, but I was just like, just breathe and just do do it like you do it in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? Before you get in the shower. <laughs> just just pretend like pretend like nobody's watching. Like I've seen a saying where they say like dance like nobody's watching. It's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing with, with music and performance in general. But it went super well. I got like a bunch of high fives after and everything. Um but ever since ever since I got that first one out of the way, it was just natural after that. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there any, like, thing you do to calm yourself, relax yourself before shows? Smoke a lot of weed (laughs) (laughs) before
2: shows. Um, Nah, not really. At this point, it's kind of hard to even remember times where it just, I don't know, I get excited now. I don't even get nervous anymore. But Mm -hmm. looking back, um, you know, just just looking around and, and seeing all the good people around me. And the fact that I've done it before, mm-hmm. even if it was only a few times back when I was first starting, I was like, "Oh well, I just did it a month ago, so I could do it again. I'm gonna get better and just get better." And it's just with with practice, you know, it just just comes perfect. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, just kind of just positive thinking and, and breathing and and um, just obviously getting affirmation from people around you and keeping the right people around you. And if there if there's drama, you know, in your life, just leaving that at the door when you walk in. Uh, the, the stadium or, or the venue.
0: Mm-hmm. So I wanted to take it back even earlier to your early life because I can imagine you and I had like kind of a similar upbringing where we're all hip hop fans and even, you know, mutual friends that we have were all fans of hip hop growing up. Who are some of the biggest influences in the industry? Some role models that you looked up to that helped you pick up the mic and, and the pen and write down your own lyrics and become an artist yourself?
2: Well, the first the first two albums that I ever like held in my hand and like loved when I was younger was, um, the Eminem show, okay, and um, Get Rich or Die Trying, fifty cent, fifty cent, Yeah. <laughs> so those were the first two Eminem. I'd say if someone asked me who's your all time favorite uh, artist, it would definitely be be Eminem for sure. 50 Cent's dope. I like how he had, like, the gangster, mm-hmm. um, like, rugged feel, but he also could sing and, like, the melody. Same with Eminem, too. He could he could write, too. Mm-hmm. So going way, way back before I even made music, those were the those were the two albums that really, like, shaped me. And it was funny because it was so long ago that I didn't even know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. I just liked the beat <laughs> and, the, and yeah. their flow and their energy and, like, the way that it sounded. And I was like, I could do this. I could do this. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just had so much going on that i never really like pursued it until i'd say like 15 like high school days but
0: yeah eminem and 50 so if you could do kind of like touching on you said eminem's your favorite artist but you know just off the top of your head who are some of your top five favorite artists not the ones that you think the best but your top five favorites.
2: favorite favorite mm-hmm. okay eminem for sure um let's see because i go through phases where the, i have like i have like favorite artists mm-hmm. um In high school, I was a huge Wiz Khalifa fan, huge Wiz Khalifa fan. He inspired my sound so much to, like, lay it back a little more and, like, sing a little bit more and, like, probably smoke a little bit more, too. (laughs) And he actually put me on the Bombay Sapphire Gin, too. But, um, yeah, uh, Eminem, Wiz, um, Russ is a big inspiration for me Um, at this point. um, Top five, man, it's so hard (laughs) because... i don't it's weird because i listen to everything but like a lot of it like doesn't resonate with me mm-hmm. as far as like the creative process like i love it and i listen to it but it like doesn't inspire me like a lot of people hate Blueface, but i love listening to him in the club but it doesn't inspire me to make right. something you know what i mean um it's catchy though yeah even six nine like i don't i don't really like like him as a person or anything but his music like when it bangs like it makes you want to go like work out or do something like Mm
0: -hmm. that's how i feel about yg's music yg too yeah that too
2: um hmm. i like i like kendrick too drake yeah how could i forget drake yeah drake and kendrick um yeah i'd say that's my top five drake kendrick eminem russ how many is that who else did i say Um, kendrick eminem russ
0: wiz khalifa wiz khalifa yeah i'd
2: say those five influenced my sound mm-hmm. i would say like and when i heard it i was like oh my god how on can- oh, chance chance the chance rapper, rapper for sure chance know. okay i gotta if i had to delete <laughs> someone i don't know who i would delete but chance is definitely like in the top three for okay. sure i don't know how i forgot chance but yeah chance influenced my sound like so much with acid rap just showing me that you can be weird on a song like you can like you can be a weirdo and as long as you're yourself and you're not trying to be something else then
0: like it's fine so mm-hmm. it's gonna resonate with people yeah i was yeah. That was one thing too, like listening to Chance's acid rap and then kind of watching him evolve into his latest album, Coloring Book. Mm -hmm. I like when artists can have a difference. You know, acid rap's completely laid back. Like you said, him being himself, but then he also kind of matured and and then you hear that maturity in Coloring Book. So Mm -hmm. I like when artists go through those phases and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So speaking of, you know, the artists in the industry, it seems like right now there's a lot of music in the mainstream culture that all kind of sound similar, whether it's the trap beats or the mumble rap, how do you yourself kind of create a unique sound that sticks out and stands out from the rest of the music that's out there in the hip hop industry? Well, things rub off on me pretty easily, so that's kind of why I
1: don't
2: listen too much to a lot of a lot of artists, unless I'm like in the club, you know, turning up. Mm-hmm. But um, just listening to, to the artists that I like and listening to my own music, um, kind of helps me build on myself because it's like myself rubbing off on myself if that makes sense mm-hmm. like I'll, sometimes i'll even listen to my old albums and i'll be like dang this kind of brings me back to a new like nostalgic uh, like state of mind and then i'll build off of like my old sound and create a new sound i guess just being yourself i mean it's kind of cliche but it's kind of easier said than done i would say because you know a lot of people are followers and that's just kind of how i guess the mind the mindset is Especially like in this country like I feel like a lot of people don't like something until everyone likes it already mm-hmm. But um, just kind of creating your own lane like listen and create your own opinions on, on things and just and build build from there and then you'll have that that it factor and like that that you factor that Other people don't have because I feel like if you kind of just ride a wave like yeah people will gravitate towards it just because people are kind of kind of dick riders mm-hmm. but if you create your own sound it might take a little bit longer to get there but once you do get there you'll have that lasting effect like 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 a drake mm-hmm. or like or like a russ or like even like a Wiz khalifa you know he's still in the game so yeah just be just staying true to yourself and finding your finding your own truths for for everything and just building off of that i would say
0: there you go that's something that was tough for me too even with like me in the podcast i can relate to that when i when i first started i didn't really want to listen to myself but i had to learn that i had to listen to myself to know how i could get better in this like interviewing industry and especially Mm -hmm. where in this industry i want to get into you have to talk a lot and you gotta learn how to improve upon how you speak whether you know how you're asking questions how you're listening how you're playing back and forth and stuff like that so that's definitely something that i learned because when i first used to make podcasts I never really listened to them in the car. I just kind of listened to it while I'm editing it, but then never, mm-hmm. like, touch it again. But yeah. now I am list- I find myself listening to each episode three, four times and kind of just jotting down notes, how I can improve. And like you said, inspiring myself to do better in future episodes and hopefully, you know, down the road, I can see myself improving. Definitely, bro. It's
2: always good to read between the lines and kind of study yourself because mm-hmm. you don't really notice it when you're doing things on the fly. And then you kind of, like, listen to it again and again and again. And some- maybe that third or fourth time you hear it, you're like man, I could have done it like this. Like that was good, but if I, it'll be great if I do it like this. Mm-hmm. So that's good, bro. I understand that. That's cool.
0: So you mentioned in, you know, listening to your older projects and I wanted to go ahead and the next topic we talk about is your discography, right? Oh yeah. So can you just take me by project by project, starting with addictions, your oldest project, um, and, and kind of speak about the theme of each project and then how you evolved from one project to the next.
2: Oh yeah. There's actually an album before that called pregame. Okay. Um, that one was kind of just a... There was a lot of songs on it. There's like 25 songs on it. It's still on Dat Piff, so... <laughs> oh, you if anyone's go. listening and wants to hear my <laughs> old music that I thought was so good at the time, then look up Pregame on Dat Piff. Mm-hmm. That one was like just a compilation of like a bunch of songs that I had done and I didn't even know it was going to be an album mm-hmm. or a mixtape, but... I was like i want to release all of this but i don't want it to be all over the place i kind of want it to be in one package so i just kind of just dropped it mm-hmm. and you could tell i recorded a bunch of them in different studios and like i didn't know how to edit really yet <laughs> yeah. but the concepts were all there and then from there i was like okay now i know that i have enough content and enough um i guess like solidity that i can i can put out a project um and not just have a bunch of singles Like if the pregame felt like a compilation, but I was like, I'm going to make this one a project. Mm -hmm. So then addictions came about and um, it's everything in life. Like too much of too much of anything is bad, even if it's a good thing. Right. So that was kind of just me balancing that, you know, like like with, uh, you know, like pleasure and um, what is it called? Um, Priorities, you know, Mm -hmm. pleasure versus priorities. And that was like a balance that I was going through, like going into high school, and like that was my first time in public school. So I was like, "Damn, like it's wide open out here." Like it mm-hmm. was kind of like culture shock. So I was like going through, I was going through all of that, and that's pretty much what addictions was about, um, just balancing it. Mm-hmm. And then from there was was pros and cons, kind of a similar concept um, with that. Um, just on the cover of pros and cons, like on the left side, it's like me. And then someone who's like supposed to be my wife, and then like a baby, so like there's there's that side of it, and then on the other side it's me, and then there's like a, a girl who's supposed to be a stripper, and mm-hmm. there's pros and cons to each side because every every dude knows that you know at the end of the day you want a woman who's ride or die, and you want to have a family, and you want to have you know kids, and you want to have a house, mm-hmm. something to every, come home to, something to come home to exactly, but at the same time you know if you're living that life, a lot of people that live that life. Or, like, they want what they don't have, and they're like, oh, I wish I could be going out every single night. I wish Mm -hmm. I could enjoy my 20s and my 30s while I'm still healthy and young and everything. But on the flip side, you know, there's people who are, you know, in the club scene, in, like, the ratchet scene, so to speak. And they love it, but at the same time, they're still jealous of those people Mm -hmm. that have the wife and the kids and they're like oh yeah i got all these strippers and they're all fine as hell but like they don't love me Mm -hmm. you know they're not gonna they're not gonna hit me up tomorrow and see if i woke up or if i got home safe like they don't they don't care about that Mm -hmm. so it was kind of just realizing i was kind of stuck in the middle because i i I believe i think i had i think i had a girlfriend yeah i did i had a girlfriend (laughs) at that point um and we were going through like off and on phases and when we were on Like, I loved it, but I wanted what I didn't have, and I was like, man, I wish I had freedom. I wish I could go out. Mm -hmm. And then when we were off, I was like, damn, I miss having that companionship. So it was kind of just that contradiction um, was going through my head throughout that entire album. There's actually a song called Contradictions on there. Yeah. Peep that. And then after that was Melody Lane. That one was more of like a love album, um, very reflective. Because at the time, I was in another relationship that was very, very, um, I guess, passionate mm-hmm. at the time. And it was very, that album's very, like, honeymoon phase-esque. Okay. So that's kind of what that one is. That's why the cover's pink, just because it just reminds me of just, like, Valentine's Day. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, that's, yeah, that, that's one of my favorite, one of my favorites right there is Melody Lane. That's actually the one that I listened to. Um, when I go back to study myself Like I said earlier When I want to like listen to myself And I feel like I'm still hitting my prime But I hit different primes And mm-hmm. I feel like Melody Lane was like a very special prime For me So whenever I go back and listen to Melody Lane It inspires me to kind of go back to that Whether I'm in a relationship or not Just kind of make nostalgic mm-hmm. music And then Just Fine Was kind of like a It was kind of more of a, more of a sad album Um I don't really, I don't know why really. It's just kind of how I how I felt during during that time, um, and I was just it's kind of sarcastic because when someone says, "Oh, are you good?" you're like, "Yeah, I'm just fine. I'm just mm-hmm. fine." So it's kind of like like, "Are you just fine or are you not?" Like that's kind of what I was going through. I was like, "Am I good or am I not? Am I happy? Am I depressed?" Yeah. Like kind of kind of wondering. Like I should have put a question mark after like just fine, like question mark. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the whole point the whole point of that album. Um, but that's that was my last that was my last album, and now I'm doing this thing called the marathon where I'm just dropping a song a week, mm-hmm. or every two weeks or so, just so I can let the songs breathe. <clears throat> and I just realized that if you drop a song at a time, people are going to listen to it more than if you do a whole 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 album front to back. Because I just noticed that people listen to the most played track only on the album, or mm-hmm. they listen to the first one, two, or three, and then they get distracted and they turn the channel or whatever. Yeah. So I, f- I figure it gives each song the best chance to be heard if you just drop it one at a time. So
1: yeah, that's, yeah. Where,
2: that's where I'm at now. I don't know when I'm gonna end it and do an album again, but mm-hmm. for now I'm just making making music and dropping them every week or so. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, but going back to the, your last project, Just Fine, that's something I've really kind of liked about your music is that you're willing to be open up. Um, you're open up about your feelings and stuff like that and, and songs like Insomnia and some older tracks even. Cause I mm-hmm. feel like in today's society, especially men, it's not normal or it's not considered normal for us to share our feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, you're know, supposed to brush them under the rug, brush them to the side and kind of just say we're just fine and, and not really share our feelings. But sometimes that can lead to problems down the road or addictions and stuff like that. So that's why I do like some of your music, especially in like the just fine pros and cons even. It's very relatable because people, I'm sure, especially like men, like me you have that kind of you're faced with that difficulty of like trying to share feelings but not trying to share too much yeah it's can seen as uncool or, you know like or like a weakness yeah weakness or exactly. a target almost mm-hmm. it, like yeah but i'm the type i just let the wall down when
2: it comes down like if i just kind of just let whatever i'm feeling kind of come out if i'm feeling confident then that's what i'm gonna say but if i'm feeling kind of kind of lost or heartbroken or sad or depressed like i'm not afraid to say that like i actually dropped a song called death wish which Mm -hmm. was a jocelyn flores remix and that song's about suicide bro Mm -hmm. and like i've been there before and like i know a lot of people have and um yeah bro it's just i've 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 studied a lot about like divine like divine masculinity and divine divine feminine energy Mm -hmm. and it's all about especially as a man it's about balancing that and um, I feel like I feel like Just Fine was was like the perfect example of of just balancing it because at the end of the day you got to be strong, but at the end of the day you can't you can't ignore you know your your human feelings because mm-hmm. at the end of the day we have we have emotions too, and um, yeah I feel like that was just the theme of that Just Fine album right there.
0: There you go. <clears throat> so just like from following you on social media, I've seen you post a lot about Orange Collective. <clears throat> I really don't yeah. know much about that, but can you explain to me in further yeah. depth what that is?
2: Absolutely. Shout out the gang, Orange Collective. Um, the, the artists and um, curators that are involved in that, um, I'll start with uh, Mr. Foley, a.k.a. the mayor of OC. Um, he's the one that came up with, with the brand and bringing Orange County um, all together with artists that love Orange County as much as he does mm-hmm. and pushing it forward. Is, it's more of like, it's not necessarily a group, even though it looks like a group and we move like a gang and like a unit and like a clique, mm-hmm. but um, it's more of like, I guess, a hub for Orange County to be recognized. It's more about, or it's less about us individually, but more about the county and the culture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Mr. Foley, um, Zami, um, MBL Amir. Um, I actually share a studio with him. Um, Speak Life 310, um, Vins, Vinsanity, and then we actually brought on a producer for this for this album, uh, Young Serpent, that's my boy, he produced a lot on Just Fine, a lot of my Marathon songs, Mm -hmm. and um, DJ Journey um, as well, Um, so yeah, it's it's just about people um, coming together and realizing that Orange County can be LA, and it can be New York, and it can be Atlanta, and The thing that we we all have in common is we recognize that in the music industry, um, you hear a song and you can kind of tell where it came from. Like, oh, that sounds like Atlanta or that sounds like New York or that sounds like L.A. even or that sounds like the Bay. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to do that for Orange County because there's so many people grinding in Orange County that are just diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what Mr. Foley did is he kind of found all of us at different times, brought us all in the same room together and said, let's do this Orange Collective movement, but not take away from you being an individual artist, because that's why you are who you are in the first place. So just bring that mm-hmm. to the table in the name of Orange County. So that's pretty much what Orange Collective, I believe, stands for.
0: That's awesome. And I like how Orange Collective, <laughs> you know, you still got the... Uh, this. I forgot what it's called but it's oc yeah the abbreviation, yeah abbreviation, the abbreviation. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly so it resonates with orange county and that's something i wanted to ask you later but yeah i feel like orange county doesn't get enough respect especially because it's not considered a hotbed for talent mm-hmm. especially in the music industry like you said you know there's a lot of rappers that come from atlanta los angeles more particularly like compton and long beach mm-hmm. the bay area new york and the different you know podge- um, different areas of new york mm-hmm. but orange county you know i think a lot of People outside Orange County, they think of Orange County as the hills. Yeah, you know, I hate those shows because they fucking ruin. I know, like they uh, ruined Orange County for us. And as someone who grew up in Santa Ana, we, I moved to Orange once I I was like just about to hit high school. And and you walk, you go through Santa Ana, you go through Anaheim, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people struggling out there. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of like you said, diamond in the rough people that actually have talent, but they it goes sometimes unused, unwasted or wasted because they don't have those outlets to get out there so definitely like i could see orange county kind of being that hopefully on the rise with different artists here and there just not even artists but itself but other people in other industries coming from these cities like santa ana stanton garden grove um anaheim because a lot lot of those areas are very like you know they're the low socioeconomic communities and there's a lot of people struggling out there Definitely, and it's like, what,
2: what is that, sh- there's like a show about, like, Laguna Beach, and like, yeah. like what is it, like Housewives of OC, and like, yeah. all that stuff, bro, and like, I've had people from New York, like, be like, tell me if I'm wrong, but it just, it, it like, it, when I think of Orange County, I think of, like, you know, mainly Caucasians, and mm-hmm. mainly high class, and I'm like, if you go south, yeah, like, a, like Aliso, and Mission Viejo, and south Lagu- Laguna, anything south of Irvine, <laughs> right. that line is just like, <laughs> don't, don't go there after Mm-hmm. midnight and if, unless you have like a nice car or something because you'll get profiled like, yeah I, I could tell the whole story i've been profiled over there in lake forest but mm-hmm. i still love all of orange county regardless but yeah you go to you go to like santa Ana and anaheim and you got all the hispanics right and mm-hmm. then you go to like garden grove and irvine you got like asians and like indians and mm-hmm. stuff and then
0: there's a lot of polys too in uh, yeah, Garden Grove.
2: yeah yeah and then you go then you go south and then it's mostly like Um, Like, high class and, like, Caucasian from there. But Mm -hmm. OC is, like, it's a melting pot of of everything. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So, I mean, I like to inform people of that. And another realization that made me want to do that also before this whole Orange Collective thing was I went to the Powerhouse Mm pre-show. And it was, like, there was Powerhouse. There was, like, Kendrick and, like, all the big artists inside. But then all, like, I guess the B-list artists, they came... um, and went in the parking lot and threw yeah. like I guess the B-list show. I don't know if you went to that or if you heard of that, but it was like Funk Volume, so it was like Hobson, Dizzy Wright, yeah, and, and the rest of Funk Volume and Joey Badass was there too, and like all like the B-list artists. Um, and even then, there was like DJs in there. That were saying like, oh, LA, what's good? LA what's good, and I'm like, bro, you're in Anaheim, bro. Yeah. Like, get check the area code right, right. now. Like, I get it. Par One Hundred Six is a LA-based radio mm-hmm. station, and it's for the for their culture, but like, it's kind of, in a way, somewhat disrespectful to. Like, what if I went to L.A. and I was like, Orange County, what's good? Like, they'd be at my head for that. Right. So it's like, <laughs> why right. is it why is it not that way, the other way around? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, we, we're not here to start the drama if that were the case. But, like, mm-hmm. I just want it to be respected and, and recognized. So Yeah.
0: That's probably got to be the next step for Orange County. Kind of developing, like, a, a media hub where they have, like, their own TV stations, their own radio stations. Yeah. And stuff to make it local so they're not always kind of partnered in. Because I, I hated the fact, like, even the Angels. They're now the Los Angeles Angels. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that's stupid. You, you're you're an hour and a half from the center of Los Angeles. So I, I think stuff like that is, is is hurting the Orange County culture and kind of dividing itself from mm-hmm. Los Angeles. And even back to that main stage, too. Like, I think three years ago, I got to go to the powerhouse uh, where they're performing in the parking lot. I forgot what that stage was called. But I saw Dizzy Wright. I saw Iggy Azalea before she even um, dropped Fancy. So it was, like, really early Iggy Azalea. Azalea, uh. <laughs> whatever her name yeah, is, whatever name is. Um, Casey Veggies, one of my favorite artists, yeah. and then I saw um, an early Logic, I think he had Under Pressure, the album, Ooh. but he didn't have any of his newer stuff out there, so it was really cool to see how Powerhouse did those, that stuff right here at the Honda Center, mm-hmm. um, and they had that stage right outside the stadium, for it was a free concert too for all those fans, that mm-hmm. wanted to go check out those artists, which was you know really exciting for me, because I was a fan of all four of those, well, three of them. And it was cool to see those artists up front, personal.
2: Yeah, bro. It's cool that they did that because there's so many B-list artists that don't get what they deserve. And those are the ones I feel like that are the most creative. Mm-hmm. The only people that really broke through to the A-list that are like the most creative and have, I guess, like, like steady bars. And they actually take their art into consideration before the corporate politics mm-hmm. is like J. Cole and, and Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is kind of stuck on that B-list. Like, even Joey Badass, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, he's getting those bags, though. He's getting as, far close. as yeah. Him and Schoolboy. Yeah, Schoolboy, shout out. Yeah. Crash Talk. <laughs> Schoolboy is one of my favorites, too. He's definitely in my top ten. Um, But, yeah, I feel like um, if if I were to blow up, I would definitely I would definitely go straight to that, like, B-list, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I almost don't even know if I would want to go A-list just because of uh, the, all the politics and all that that are involved. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess we'll see when I get there
0: yeah so you mentioned orange collective and just from following you i know you've also been part of groups like trilogy and organically yeah. gifted can you talk yeah. about how you know participating or being part of a group is different from actually like as an individual artist yourself like how that interactions work with and it's, stuff.
2: it's kind of like being in a relationship mm-hmm. or being single that's kind of like the difference when you're single you could do anything you want but you're kind of pulling inspiration from your own experiences but when you're, you know, in a relationship or in a group, you're pulling inspiration from other people. So that's why it's important for it not to be toxic, like mm-hmm. like a relationship, like a toxic relationship. So shout out trilogy. That was a really good time in my life. I was around the right people as far as inspiration and creation goes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just it's different because you have to make a lot of sacrifices and you have to surrender to a lot of situations. That maybe you believe, based off your experience, that it would be better this way. But at the same time, you don't know anyone else's walk of life, you know, where they came from to get to where they are now with you. So sometimes it's good because it's a learning experience. um, Because sometimes you could learn something and surrender to it and be like, okay, let's do it that way. And it turns out to be better. So now you know that. And now that's part of your personal experience. You could take that wherever you go now. Mm -hmm. But there's also times where you surrender to it and... It doesn't go as planned And you say, hey, I was right, you know And next time, we'll, we'll, let's do it this way And I think it's going to work better And sometimes you don't even get that chance again So, it's it's wins and losses It's kind of pros and cons it's, mm. it's, um, yeah. it's, like I said, the best analogy is being in, It's like being in a relationship Or compared to, you know, being single um, But I can't even tell you which one I prefer because it's just different. It's kind of like the pros and cons. Like you got, the, you got the stripper lifestyle and you got the wife lifestyle. There's pros mm-hmm. and cons to both of it. It's just about how you go about it. So that's what I would say.
0: Mm-hmm. So you were talking about your, uh, your diss track earlier in the show. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of get your opinion on diss track because I know you did have that diss track. It uh, was against Jack Wells, right? <laughs> yeah. So way back when in high school you had the diss track. But how do you feel about diss tracks in the industry too? Because it's something you don't really see. It's a yeah. platform that's kinda of lost, but Pusha T and Dre kinda of had that um uh, they kinda of revived that last year with oh, yeah. their whole back and forth.
2: Yeah, I think it's healthy because that's where rap came from was like off of like battle rap. That's how Eminem got famous.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Was from battle rap. Um I think I think it's healthy, even if even if it's not really like real beef, like uh, like Joiner Lucas and Tory Lanez, like they Ooh. went back and forth like three or four times, but then yeah. they were able to go on IG Live after and be like, let's get a track, bro, let's get a track in, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: like and then he's like, no, I still got some bars for you, and he's like, you ready to get bodied? Do you want to get bodied today or tomorrow? Let me know. So I think it's healthy. Um, I think it's healthy for the culture, because like I said, that's that's where rap came from, and it's not mm-hmm. all about hits and platinum and being corporate and a celebrity and who looks the best and who's rocking that and who's got that feature and it's not necessarily all about the numbers and the money it's also about being an artist because that's why you're there is because you're an artist Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's a kind of a like a lost art like you said so you know shout out to Pusha T and Drake that was probably one of the once I heard um Drake's I was like bro it's it's back to back part 2 yeah, bro with the freestyle yeah. yeah the duppy and then um story of uh A dieting. I died in it yeah dude oh my god dude he drake shouldn't have drake should not have like yeah messed with him knowing that like he might have had that information on him i just think Pusha had more information Mm -hmm. so he kind of dropped the bomb on the whole world like what like drake has a kid Mm -hmm. so he kind of made drake look bad but i feel like drake will never ever like fall off until he retires and yeah hangs up the cleats if you will but yeah i think diss tracks i think diss tracks are health, healthy so i mean if anyone wants to diss me then we could do it and then mm-hmm. i'll respond and we'll see who's is better as long as it's all love after you know yeah so
0: i think push a tease and drake's back and forth it was kind of what we were wanting when he was having beef with meek mill right and meek mm-hmm. mill never really dropped a response until a year later after the beef was already gone and over with yeah and push the t i felt like you said drake never i mean drake got bodied on that story of a died in freestyle <laughs> yeah probably got bagged up <laughs> but push the t i mean you could say he's probably like one of those b-level artists where he's not i remember you know when that freestyle <laughs> came out people are like oh who's push the t who's push the t and like a lot of the mainstream drake fans and stuff like that but if you're a real hip-hop fan you know push the t like you know absolutely body that verse you have respect for Pusha from where he came from and the music that he's put out and how he's kept his own style. He hasn't sold out and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But to the mainstream like culture and people who are like mainly Drake fans, it just it just it even really resonate who Pusha T was and they just kind of brushed it off. Yeah, Drake's that big.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like he'll never ever really really take a capital L. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it'll never stain him for that long. How many L's has he already taken? Like been exposed for ghostwriting and all of that. Yeah, but. Pusha T like he actually wrote the McDonald's jingle. Did you know that? But no, like, I'm loving it. Yeah, he wrote that. And Dang. isn't he he's signed to uh, Good Music with Kanye and all that. Yeah. But like the the public doesn't know that. He's like an example like you said of like one of those B artists that like has their foot in every part of the game but like just because you're not A list like, people don't really respect it no matter how hard you go. Mm-hmm. So, shout out Drake, shout out Pusha. That was dope. Yeah. I, that was- I can't wait to see who else is going to spar
0: next yeah that was a lot of fun I hope the industry continues to do stuff like that mm-hmm. um, speaking of B-level artists who are some of because Eminem and stuff like that are kind of like A-level artists who are some yeah. of your favorite B-level artists in the industry right now that are up and coming
2: um, hmm. I'll say this my favorite female artist i, mm-hmm. I say she's on like a B-plus level right now is Snow the Product mm. she's so dope um, I like Dizzy Wright a lot too uh, Joey Badass is super dope um, there's actually this artist um, His name is GXX mm-hmm. I don't even know if he's at that B level yet But um, I found him on um, There's this Slovakian um, Like YouTube page and YouTube label That actually 6 9 was signed to Before And I was like on there And I was like bro how do I get on here And there's a bunch of artists that had submissions That weren't like that big yet And I heard his song mm-hmm. So I've been bumping a lot of GXX too Shout out GXX Um who else do I listen to, man? Fora. Fora's dope. I yeah. didn't I didn't really used to like, like Fora too much before, but, like, his music is just evolving and evolving. It's just getting better and better with time, and mm-hmm. that's what I respect. He's not someone that was just, like, kind of just blew up. Like, he had, like, a long journey, and that's why he's
0: still making albums after albums. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty popular in Orange County area. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, um... Young Pinch, too. Shout out Young Pinch for putting on O.C. I feel like he's like the leader of Orange County right now, and I'd love to get to that level and mm-hmm. hopefully work out a collab and make a
0: Beach Boy, Sun Boy vibe. You know? There you go. I feel like that would be tight. So you've, I've known you have performed at different venues and you've gotten a to tour a little bit. Mm-hmm. What are some of the coolest places and your most memorable moments while living out on tour some of your performances that you've done even locally here?
2: Well, my favorite place to perform is the Observatory orange county Mm -hmm. that's got to be like my number one go-to i'm so glad i finally got the the plug over there and it's really changed my life since since that i remember my first shows over there they saw people saw me on the flyer from high school and people were hitting me up like what like you're performing with that guy like that's (laughs) crazy um I performed in the Bay, which was cool. I really want to go to the Bay on vacation. I was only able to go there for two days and perform. Mm-hmm. But something about like the energy in the Bay is just so like... so like, uh, It's a different type uh, of energy. Yeah, huh? it's a different type of energy. Way different than OC, because OC is kind of like... Someone has to co-sign you first before everyone gets on it. In other yeah. words, no, like, no one loves you until everyone loves you. Mm-hmm. And then everyone loves you. Um, the Bay is different It's kind of yeah. They give that they, they roll out the red carpet For everybody And it's like If you're dope You're dope If you're not Then they'll be like Okay cool Clap clap Like whatever Next But if you're dope Then people are like Oh Like they actually rock with you They'll follow you They'll drop comments And they're active mm-hmm. So Shout out the Bay That was fun But uh, Yeah um, The Novo in LA was cool mm-hmm. um, Used to be Club Nokia The first concert I ever went to Was actually there At Club Nokia I saw Taiga <laughs> and, and and it was funny because Kid Ink opened for him, like Lil Twist okay. or Twista, uh, opened for him. Uh, no, it was Lil Twist. And then I was like, "Oh, Tiger that's cool." Like I didn't even really know like Tiger too much at that point. And mm-hmm. it was cool, like years and years later, to perform there. So that one, that one was a huge, huge accomplishment mm-hmm. for me. So I'd say those are my my top three
0: as far as performances. Yeah, back to the back back to the bay conversation mm-hmm. like during my time in sacramento i remember meeting a lot of people and this was before like sob was um pretty big and they did that whole like even they did the song on black panther soundtrack with Kendrick. oh they, i love that song yeah bro. right mm. but i remember a whole lot of people they, they like the local bay area products right there's a lot of people from the bay that went to sacramento state and just remember meeting people who were really into the hip-hop industry and i like how also speaking on the bay man like just like that Mac Dre culture, where they just like they're always willing to dance, they're always willing just to kind of be themselves and have fun, whether it's you know at the club or just like they'll even have like parties like mm-hmm. in the parking lot with like cars bumping music and stuff like yep. that. So I got to experience a little bit of that, like you know during my time in Sacramento and in having friends from the Bay and going to their events and parties and stuff like that. So it's a really it's a really cool culture that. I had no experience of if I would never left Orange County. It's nice to see.
2: Yeah, that's why I want to go there on vacation for yeah. that reason because I know that they're like that, you know, and you, you feel it through the music. If you listen to like I Am Sue or mm-hmm. like P-Lo or like G-Eazy even, you get that vibe. You're like, dude, I feel like this would bump in like a parking lot and I mm-hmm. feel like there'd be like a bunch of people there. And it's just so organic. It's, in our, it's a real organic sound, so. I'm yet to experience what you experience, but one day soon, hopefully, we'll be able to do it and go out there, not even on business, just on pleasure, and see yeah. like what, what it's really about and take some energy from there and bring it back to Orange County. Mm-hmm.
0: So the next question I wanted to ask you are some, what are some dream tour destinations? And if you could tour with anyone in the industry, uh, who would you want to tour with? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I want to go to a different country because the only
2: country that I've been... Other than, you know, the U.S. is Mexico.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I want to go to, like, uh, definitely want to go to Hawaii. I want to perform there. I just want to go there in general. Mm-hmm. I want to go to all the different countries because, like, I feel like I'm just kind of stuck in this, like, like bubble sometimes that I kind of want to just, like, get different inspirations because we, we live on this whole planet. And, mm-hmm. like, just being in Orange County all the time and just grinding out here is, is dope because it's where I'm from. But I want to go to other countries and and go to you know like Italy and like Germany and like, um, all everywhere. I yeah. want I want I want to like cross every single place like off my bucket list. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to do. I've always wanted to travel even before music. When I was younger, I wanted to take pictures. So I was like, I want to go to like the Northern Lights. Yeah, and like take oh, pictures dude. over there. Oh, yeah,
0: in the Canada or wherever, in Alaska, something like that.
2: Something. I don't, I, I don't know where it is, but is. <laughs> I'm gonna find out, and I'm gonna go there one day. So yeah, I just wanna just see different cultures and and just like just realize that we're all human and but we're all different and just take inspiration back back home mm-hmm. from other places. Um, as far as a person I wanna open I wanna to tour with, I haven't really thought about that. That's a good question. Um Drake, maybe, just yeah. because his stadiums are so yeah. so so huge and his fans are huge and I just feel like my music would go would go well with it and I feel like uh his, his music and my music. I don't know. I just feel like even though I'd be like the new kid on the block, I feel like I'd have a good chance of winning over a lot of the, the fans and being able to share that love mm-hmm. with his with his fan base. So, Drake hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, Making a statement. Yeah, um, speak it into existence. There. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Manifest it. Yeah. Is there anyone, maybe like dead in the industry that has passed away? the recently or old that you would like to tour with or like to maybe make a collab with um, in the hip hop industry? X, X,
2: for sure. XXX. I wanted to go to hit one of his shows so bad. And Mac Miller too. Those were like the two that hit me the most. Mm-hmm. Nipsey also. Rest yeah, in peace yeah. to all of them. All the people that have died that I, I didn't mention. But yeah, the first one that came to mind was definitely, definitely X. Mm-hmm. And I made that Jocelyn Flores remix too. Before before he even died And then I realized I needed to make a video for it Like after he died Because I was like Dude like It's just deep mm-hmm. But I really really want I like the fact that he He believes in vulnerability too He's right. got like Like he's got those Turn up bangers Where it's like fight music But then like Once that adrenaline Wears off sometimes And you're kind of like In that introspective Reflective state mm-hmm. Sometimes you know, your pain kind of comes to the surface and you kind of got to let it out. Yeah. So I've always resonated with his music and just him as a person also, even with like the mistakes that he's made and the cases that he caught, just always, always preaching positivity and always trying to be a, you know, a better person every single day. And like, I always admired that. And it was like super sad, super, super sad when he passed due to some stupid, Mm -hmm. stupid shit. So, you know, I hope I'm able, in a way, to kind of pick up, like, you know, where he left off and kind of leave that stain because he had, like, a cult following, mm-hmm. even though he was underground and he was blowing up. He, I'd say he was, like, B-list also, but mm-hmm. he was on his way up to doing big, big things. He was on the Carter Five, you know, yeah. for crying
0: out loud, but,
2: yeah, shout
0: out X and all the others, too. Yeah, even all those three artists you mentioned that recently passed away, I mean, those took a heavy toll on the, the hip-hop industry just because... Oh, yeah. Even though they were all B-level artists, from Nipsey, X, and Mac Miller, they all had their own little niches, and especially like Mac Miller and Nipsey, I got into them kind of late, but you can resonate with them, and mm-hmm. especially like Mac Miller from his uh, his like earliest albums to Blueside Park mm-hmm. to. Um, to his latest album or second latest album Divine Feminine Mm -hmm. I mean you could see the level of maturity he had in his music and at that time I was in a relationship and oh my god like the Divine Feminine was a beautiful album but if you asked me to listen to that when I was in you know 11th or 12th grade I probably wouldn't have like fucked with it the same way Mm -hmm. so he matured kind of like with you and same with Nipsey to go from you know individual uh, independent artist Mm -hmm. really not signed to any big labels kind of doing his own thing and to him to even get Grammy nominated with uh, Victory Lap is is truly something special and then like right as he was kind of peaking and doing good things for his community and doing you know all these different things he you know for him to go the way he did it's so sad because it's like he was about to reach his fullest potential and maybe even some more and um and same with mac it's just like these guys are about to hit their peak and they go too soon it's truly sad i remember being really bummed about both of those guys even x because you know i work with kids and a lot of the kids fuck with x and his music and stuff like that and i from a listen from a fan as a, from a, like a third person viewpoint, like I know X definitely hit some people like right at home
2: definitely bro i'm I'm definitely one of them, yeah, it's crazy, man it's just sad to think about it they all kind of went in like their own their own way mm-hmm. It's just sad, bro. But at the same time, everyone kind of hates on the fact that everyone loves them once they're gone. But, like, you know, it's it's the love that they deserved anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, in a way, a positive from a negative situation. That's how I look at it. Like, everyone's saying Nipsey Nip- is on, like, that Tupac uh, level as far as being, like, a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And everyone always knew that, but they didn't really recognize it and speak on it, you know, right. until now. So I guess uh marathon continues. Yeah, yes, it so does. It's a good way to look at it.
0: So before we kind of wrap things up, I do like to to do this thing where we kind of play like a word association game. Mm -hmm. I throw a word at you or, you know, person or something like at you and you kind of just respond back with the first adjective that you could think of. Okay. Um, Sound easy enough? Yeah, let's get it. I like that. All right. So first one, Orange County. Underrated. There you go. Okay. Drake.
2: Goat. The Goat Okay That's yeah. a hot take Yeah <laughs> In his lane There's many There's uh, there's many Goats But he's like One of the Goats For mm-hmm. sure You mean like In the mainstream
0: lane In of? the mainstream yeah. Yep Mainstream for sure it. Yep Alright Kendrick Lamar
2: Damn Can't say Goat again Can I Damn <laughs> <laughs> um, Damn Adjective for Kendrick Man How do you even describe Damn There you <laughs> go His <laughs> latest damn.
0: album Yep That's an easy one to go with Yep all right push the t push the t oh man man he's
2: underrated also
0: <laughs> i <just> say underdog <laughs> underdog okay um tde
2: top dog entertainment oh <laughs> um tde i'll just say like well-rounded okay they all have their own sound
0: yeah a lot of different niches and yeah in within label. one yeah
2: exactly well-rounded, for sure.
0: Um, the observatory.
2: Ah, uh, the observatory. Can it be one word?
1: One yeah, word not, only? You
0: can could, you could do as many words as you like. It's the dopest venue in OC. Okay. For sure. California. Um, California. Misunderstood. Misunderstood. Is there a reasoning behind that one? It's, it's kind of like the whole Orange County
2: thing. Like, people like... I know because I do phone sales, and we never really market to people in California, Mm. and there's people from, like, other places, and then they hear, like, California, and they're like, oh, like, oh, the weather must be nice over there, like, you must be bougie. I kind of hear people, like, associate California with being bougie just because of, like, California live-in. It's kind of got, like, a stigma. If you've never been here, you don't really know shit about it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, yeah, misunderstood for sure.
0: Okay, that makes sense. That's a good explanation. Yeah. The beach.
2: The beach... Just serenity like i love it's funny i'll tell you a story like i remember i have family in ohio mm-hmm. and this kind of shows like how ignorant i was when i was younger but i didn't know how lucky i was to be by the coast i thought everyone had a coast oh, right yeah. and i went to ohio she's like what do you want to do today i was like can i go to the beach let's go to the beach she was like are you kidding like do you know where we are i was like i don't i don't know just got on a plane and came over here like i don't yeah. know but I just uh, feel lucky to have the beach just because there's so much like serenity and it's just crazy how the 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 moon like like creates the waves and just the fact that like the mm-hmm. water doesn't like drown the whole world. like it's just so like it's it's just crazy and just the way that it smells and feels mm-hmm. and looks over there is just crazy how like the water ends, but you look you look at the beach and you look at it and it just it's endless. like you can't even fathom like how much right. water there is and we can, we don't even know what's underneath like past what 20 percent of the ocean yeah it's so it's just kind of it's kind of an eerie feeling too and if you said ocean i would have said eerie yeah. but the beach is just like definitely like serenity for sure
0: yeah and to expand on the beach too where other places may have beaches they're like very few that are like orange county beaches just because like going to san francisco you go in the coast it's usually cold there it's always cloudy there too it's like not really the beach they go into mm-hmm. i had a chance to go to texas um not too long ago and their beaches are like super warm because the water is Gulf of Mexico and then it can be dirty at times. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, different beaches are not the same. Not all beaches are created the same. That's yeah. a good way to put it. And you go off the Atlantic coast, I've heard their beaches are not even really like swimmable because it's just so kind of like nasty out there. It's humid and mm-hmm. they don't even have waves. So it's just, it's kind of funny how like we take the beach sometimes for granted, and then other places yeah. may have beaches, but it's, like, nothing, like, the same.
2: I thought San Diego had some nice beaches, which I think they do, but, like, I remember I went down to, like, I don't remember which beach it was, but it was, like, super, super dirty, and, like, the the sand, like, had, like, a bunch of shit in it, and I was like, damn, bro, like, I thought San Diego was, like, supposed to be nicer. Maybe I just went to the wrong spot, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I was like, <laughs> damn, I want, go back to, did, yeah. I want to go back to Newport or HB,
0: like. It's because it's like, so you know what you're going to get over there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Nice speeches. Yeah. All right, a couple more of these, um, <clears throat> the word association games. Um, the hip-hop industry. I feel like it's shifting.
2: Hmm. It's shifting right now. Back to the J. Coles and the Kendricks and mm-hmm. the, the conscious rap and people just being themselves to the best of their ability, and that's what gets you there rather than, being you know a a clout based industry i feel like that's kind of on its way out Mm -hmm. and it's it's shifting within the next five years i guarantee you there ain't going to be that many more lil rappers yeah anymore they're going to be kind of looked at by the masses kind of like oh you're still on that Mm -hmm. you're still on that era (laughs) yeah you know
0: you know what's funny too about the lil area is i got a chance to talk to like a an older hip-hop fan of mine he's like he was a professor of mine (coughs) And what he was telling me that, I never looked at it this way, but a lot of these Littles, you know, they have dreads, they dye their hair, they have face tattoos, but they're all kind of trying mimicking Lil Wayne, the first kind of big little first to make man. it. And I never, when he put that into perspective, I was like, wow. And he, he said they're a bunch of, not failed, but they're a bunch of cheap knockoffs. Of <laughs> yeah. Lil Wayne. And I was like, wow, I never thought of it like that. But it's true, Lil Wayne did things that no one really in the industry did before, had the dreads, the face tattoos. Even sometimes he would mumble and do the fast raps and stuff like that Mm -hmm. say crazy stuff but uh it's funny when someone puts that perspective you can definitely see the relation
2: yeah and you can definitely tell that wayne did it because that was him Mm -hmm. and now there's other people that do it just because it's like a chain reaction they're not maybe doing it because of Lil wayne but they're doing it because of someone that did it because of Lil wayne Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of just like it's they're doing it because it's not necessarily them they're doing it because it's like what's clouded right now and what people will look at especially the youth they're mm-hmm. like oh look at that he's got pink treads, like little little this little that yeah. like so easy to, to repeat and it's very easy to consume mm-hmm. but it's not it's not really them it's not really you so yeah hopefully the culture shifts back to where it was i feel you or ahead of where it was yeah and then the last <coughs> one <clears throat> marijuana
0: oh <laughs> marijuana
2: <laughs> oh man um an adjective for marijuana I would say uh, trying to think of one word it's so hard to narrow it down because there's so many thoughts that go through my head I just feel like it's 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 healing mm-hmm. it's like a healing type thing that's kind of why I did it I used to have really bad insomnia and that's why I started smoking it well the first time I smoked is because my cousin was like you want to get high and I was like I'm curious yeah I want to yeah. smoke um, so I did and I got lit and it was super cool but then I didn't smoke for a long time. I didn't even start smoking again until I was, like, sophomore or junior. Mm-hmm. And um, that was because, like, of all the stress and everything. And I just realized that, like, you can smoke and it just knocks you out. And you can go to sleep and then you wake up. Just everything's better when you're high. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. Right. Um, in my opinion. But I don't, like, abuse it either, you know? Like, if I end up smoking too much... Like, all day, every day, and you start smoking instead of doing something, or smoking and then not doing what you're supposed to do. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, maybe you should chill. But um, definitely uh, balance. Another word that I could associate with marijuana, too, is just, yeah. it's just balance. Because it's. I don't really think it's a gateway to other drugs. I just think it's a, a gateway to just, like, throwing, throwing yourself off and kind of using it for the wrong reasons. Like, don't misuse it. Right. Just like anything else, like with anything else, like with my addictions mixtape. You know, anything in life is, is is bad if there's too much of it. Yeah. So I feel like marijuana is definitely one of the most commonly misused things. And it has a bad stigma because of that. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I, I know I know why I use it.
0: So. Mm. It's so misinterpreted. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it's very relaxing. I can be very, like, obsessive about certain things. Sometimes it feels like my mind's running a mile a minute. But just, like, you know, taking a, a hit of a ball or something like that. It can really just kind of slow my mind da- down and I'm able to focus on maybe one or two things more. I yeah. can stop thinking about things in the future, stop thinking about things in the past and just really focus on being present and yeah, it just it just slows things down for me where I'm able to learn and, and a lot more.
2: Exactly. And there's people that smoke weed and they freak out. I think mm-hmm. it's just like how your mind works. like. Mm-hmm like uh you have to be in the right state of mind for sure most definitely most definitely and i feel like that's why i like downers more more than more than uppers you know like for the most part i just i just smoke and drink a little bit but mm. From the things that I have dabbled in, I just realized, it made me learn about my mind. Like my mind, like like you said, it goes 100 miles an hour sometimes. Mm-hmm. And whenever I, I'm able to just smoke or, or drink a little bit and it just slows it down and it, it's like, it's at the, my mind is at the perfect speed. Mm-hmm. It's where I don't really think. I'm kind of on like a very comfortable like autopilot mm-hmm. and everything just kind of flows out of me. My energy f- flows out of me just way more naturally rather than like if I... You know take like a Adderall or something then I I don't like it like people are like oh it gives me so much energy but for me like it, it calms me down because my head is like going like it's on overload and then, mm-hmm. and then I just end up like like just chilling out it's weird I can I can take it an Adderall and go to sleep it's so weird mm-hmm. I think that's I might have ADHD maybe because the whole point of Adderall <laughs> yeah. is to give it's, it's like okay look it's supposed this, to be focused right yeah it's supposed to be so if you don't have ADHD and you take it then it gives you ADHD and it gets you wired and gets you focused and gets you up on that speed that you want to be on. But if you already have that naturally in your mind, chemically, then you take it and it, like, counteracts it. Mm-hmm. So that what, that's what makes me think I have it. Because if I ever take Adderall, like, I'm just chilling. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking a thousand miles an hour, but, like, I'm just kind of tired at the same time because my brain is exhausted from all of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, you know, smoke weed for the most part.
0: Yeah, I've never taken the Adderall, but... I always kind of kept like marijuana or like weed smoking weed and school separate I never did one and before the other because just for me I just always associated the two as like you know it was bad to smoke marijuana but yeah now that I'm older and like recently I got to go to a museum when I was in Texas and and I smoked marijuana before and oh my goodness like I was able to learn so much more and just kind of hmm. narrow my focus and, and it was so much it was a really fun experience and I was able to learn new things and learn easier and at a faster rate mm-hmm. where I feel like man if I went back and I was able to you know like maybe get high before class not too high but just the right amount and before college and stuff like that I'd be able to learn a lot more willingly and a lot more easier because my brain and just how messages get interpreted it resonates more and I'm able to yeah. absorb more things in and it just it's eye-opening because I never experienced this until you know I'm 24 and I'm already done with school yeah. for the most part but you know it helps definitely and you're always learning in life so You can there's other aspects you can use it in but definitely would have helped in school
2: like with sales too. like I'm on the phone all day doing sales as Mm -hmm. far as like my full-time job right now And there's a lot of people that are like dude How can you smoke and like come back in and like be on the phone and concentrate and not Mm -hmm. like stutter and not like be in your head? And it's like, I don't know like everyone's brain is different like Mm -hmm. if I'm in like if I do the first half of the day without smoking then I'll still be fine but I'll go out on lunch, I'll smoke, and I'll come back in, and I'll notice, like, my brain has, like, a different, like, glow. I'm way more receptive, and I notice, like, more things, like, even just, like, their tone of voice, like, okay, like, I I, I peep that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to approach the sale like this, rather than if I was just, like, you know, not not high, I probably wouldn't have noticed that. I probably would have just done it, you know, right off the script, done it the way that I always do, and it might not have gone the way that I wanted. Maybe it did, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you are high, for me at least personally, is like I'll notice certain things, and I'll be like, oh, well, you know, I'll I'll, pre- I'll I'll approach things with with more grace, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just way more, way more of a smooth process usually, unless you unless you smoke
0: too much. Yeah, then you can, <laughs> like then I said, you said, too much of anything. Yeah, bad.
2: exactly. And you, then you're just like. Then you kind of are probably in your head and your heart is pounding and you're like, why am I so paranoid <laughs> Like right, yeah. right
0: now? Like, why can't I get off this couch? Yeah. There's definitely been times where you're, you're too stoned and you, you can't even really move. You're just, yeah. You're like, like
2: shit. you forget how to, your breathing goes from like automatic to manual. Yeah. And you're just like, oh I man, I need to put some water in my face or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Wash just like. Face yeah just just a tasteful amount at the right time i feel like is completely okay and i'm Mm -hmm. glad that it's like on its way to being Mm -hmm. legal even though the government's gonna do their whatever with it now that it's legal and it's gonna get more expensive and they're Mm -hmm. probably gonna put their their chemicals in it now but like i got my plug so
0: yeah yeah (laughs) you always gotta keep the plug yeah it's funny too because you know a couple years ago we were still going to clinics to pick up yeah um to pick up our, our supply and and now you can kind of walk in anywhere that's you know like the legal uh, like the legal dispensaries that are opening up here and there, but I feel like what's kind of wrong about it is you know just it's like mostly you know these these white investors or people with money that have always had money but never really been in this industry yeah and people who have kind of been you know selling marijuana and always knew the potential it had whether you know most of the, most of the time there are minorities. A lot of these people are like locked up and, and don't have the opportunity because they're locked up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: don't have the opportunity to open up dispensaries and sell it legally now that it is legal in California. So it's just, yeah. it's kind of like a whole, like, you know, the system's fucked up, but yeah, it is. It, it, it's It's kind of, it must be sad to see, especially for like the old dealers back in the day that were doing this and seeing it being done legally now, Yeah, they got to be yeah. pretty upset, especially if they got hit with like, you know, different um, felonies and different charges and stuff yeah. like that.
2: Definitely, I can name a few. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's 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 good and it's bad, you know, pros and cons. Yeah, exactly. with with everything, man, it's kind of good that you can, you can you can walk down the street and smoke a blunt, and, like no one's gonna say anything. Mm-hmm. But the bad thing is, is like the whole like DUI situation. I feel like mm-hmm. they're gonna develop technology that where yeah. you can't really, you, they could swab you or they could you know take your DNA or something to where they could find out like like if you're high. Right now, put a, yeah. We'll like put a, a limit breath. on it. Yeah, they definitely already have. They're giving out like, like I've seen like on the on the uh, on the freeway. You know, like those mm-hmm. those things. It usually says like click it or ticket, but it says drive high, get a DUI. Yeah, and I'm like, like shit. I'm lit right, right now, bro. I need <laughs> to like you know both hands
0: on the wheel and just like keep keep at it and keep straight. Mm-hmm. But um. For the most part, though, I, didn't, I, I mean, just from experience, I, driving drunk is way different than driving high, because way driving high, you're more focused, you're, you're able to focus more, usually. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's a, the, the chances that someone's too high, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really affect you the same way as, like, drunken driving does. Definitely, bro. Like, drunk driving is, like, no joke, bro. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's done that
2: at least once, and it's, like, the sketchiest thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So Even yeah. if it's down, just down the block.
2: Yeah, bro. It's definitely not worth it for so many reasons, like... Even if you get a DUI, even if you don't, you know, don't crash and hurt someone or yourself. Yeah. You know, you could you could end up locked up. Uh-huh. You know, it's one of those things where it's like you can end up dead or in jail just from one like stupid decision. So shout out to Uber and Lyft. Yes. <laughs> because they changed the whole game for yes, me. They did. Bro. No one wanted to pay for a taxi. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even know how to pay for a taxi. but yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, Uber and Lyft changed the whole the whole game. So
0: yeah,
2: if you're drinking, call a Lyft, bro.
0: So the last thing I wanted to ask you before you take off, um, if you weren't doing what you're doing now and, and you know pursuing a rap career and whatnot, what do you think you are pursuing? Do you have any other interests in life? Dang. Any other loves? Um, yeah, I want to I I want to be like
2: a brand ambassador, like slash slash model. So if there's like there's people who want to put their clothes on me mm-hmm. and like pay me to do that, like that's something that I would definitely be down to like. Break into and I'm actually a part of like a few modeling agencies, Mm -hmm. but the ones that I'm involved in are more more so. uh, The attention is more on like getting like for for females. Yeah. So every time I get every time I get like a casting call or like a casting email and I look through the emails and you have to fit the description. Like there's different there's like a it tells you like the name of like the show or the series or the the brand and then it says like underneath like descriptions that they need like ages fifteen to thirty white caucasian female and like underneath that like oh we need like an african-american male ages um like 30 to 30 to 40 or like Mm -hmm. whatever whatever and like you find one that you fit and then you like respond with your 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 press kit Mm -hmm. and um yeah i mean i'd be down i'd definitely be down to to work into that because i love being in front of the camera i love doing like videos and, and photo shoots and i love clothes and fashion and all of that so whether that comes before or after the music being you know full-time and and b-list or a-list then you know i'm definitely down to Mm -hmm. be in the you know the modeling and fashion industry
0: Mm -hmm. and that can go kind of hand in hand too i mean your appearance matters especially when you're a performer and you're going in front of people you know people want to see what you're wearing and usually what you're wearing will inspire other people to wear that so i can definitely see it going hand in hand even
2: definitely and it already kind of is like i have a lot of people that send me stuff for free in return for me using it in a video Mm -hmm. or wearing it on stage and just throwing it out and shouting it out a few times on stage so i feel like i'm already got i got like one foot already in in that door it's just a matter of letting it letting it take off and making it take off Mm -hmm. so uh yeah i love both i I just overall like i just want something to do with the entertainment Mm -hmm. industry i feel like I don't know if I'm that funny, but I feel like being a comedian would be so dope. Like having doing Yeah, like, but I don't know. That's just not necessarily <laughs> where, where, where like my uh, I don't know. It doesn't come too naturally to me. I just feel like that mm-hmm. would that would make me hella nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but g- going on stage and performing my music and getting crowds hyped up in front of a million people like that mm-hmm. makes me excited. So I'm probably just gonna stick with music. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just anything in in entertainment and media oriented. I feel like is where I should be. And I won't stop until that's where I'm making a living from.
0: Yeah. There you go. That's what's up. Well, thanks again for hopping on the show. Of course, bro. It was nice having you. Hopefully I can have you at a later date. and yeah. we can go over, you know, the progression of your career and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. again, thanks. Do you have anything else you want to plug? Social medias, YouTube channels? Oh, yeah. Like
2: that? Uh, Wim the musician um, on Instagram. It's W-I-I-M underscore the underscore musician. You can find me on YouTube, WIM, W-I-I-M, all caps. Uh, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, um, SoundCloud if you're not down to pay, <laughs> um, iTunes. Uh, you, can, you can Siri me. Mm-hmm. You can Shazam me. All that, bro. And um, shout out my brand, Organically Gifted. Everybody is gifted. Everyone has something that they are born with and just don't stop until you know, you've chased that, until you're out of breath. And until you make that what you want to do, because there's always going to be people that are going to tell you, you know, to go to school. But if you don't want to go to school, don't go to school. Mm -hmm. If you do want to go to school, then go to school and get straight A's and be the best fucking doctor you could be. You know what I mean? Everyone has everyone has something that they're blessed with. So just just chase that. Chase that until
0: until, you know, your
2: last breath, because you never know when that could be. Mm -hmm.
0: So, yeah, success is different to everybody. Yep. Good way to word it. Amen. Thanks Well, thanks again for hopping on the show, man. Hell yeah, bro.
2: Shout out young Urban Punks too. Oh yeah, What's Vince,
0: up, Vince you gotta got do that shit again. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Pull up. Pull up in. It's been a minute. But uh yeah, bro. Thank you so much for having me, bro. It's been a pleasure shout out to everyone who is listening to this podcast shout out to generic sports for the outro and intro instrumental shout out to vince correa who just recently graduated by the way Cal is doing his hills congrats to you vince but he produced the artwork that you're seeing on your phone or wherever you're listening to this again this podcast is available on apple podcast spotify soundcloud you know it doesn't matter if you're a day one listener or this is your first time listening really appreciate it if you guys you know subscribe share us with your friends like follow us and if you really like this show please leave a rating and a review helps new listeners get an idea of what this show is all about again i'm noah alvarez the host to my mike and i hope you guys have a wonderful week and i'm signing off